Hi, welcome to the Soul Journer Podcast, where you get to reclaim your confidence and clarity holistically through the many facets that make you, you. Let's create the life our souls have been craving. I'm your host, Amberly Ann Drake. Let's journey on. I am so excited to have Victoria Welsh here today. She is the fierce feminine coach, and I am so excited for her to share her story with you. Today, we are going to be talking about owning your story. How did you get here, Victoria? It's been a journey, girl. <laughs> it's really been a journey. So, um, so my story started really in 2006. Uh, my brother was murdered in um, the year 2006. It was kind of like the catalyst for everything. Uh, I didn't really sit in my grief. I didn't process my grief. He was murdered in the front doorway of my parents' home in Baltimore. Thank you. Yeah. I come from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, He was murdered. My brother had an addiction. He shorted the drug dealer $10. They came back for the money and $10 cost him his life. Um, but in that moment, I immediately took responsibility of my parents. They moved in my house, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I, instead of processing grief, I did what we do and it's called a trauma response. I got busy, really, really, really busy. Um, I was a trauma nurse and I decided that working five and six, 12 hour shifts a week would be good for me. Mm. So I, I did that for a good six months, um, still not processing my grief. I ended up six months later in a, um, in a relationship with a man. Um, and about a year into the relationship, I came up pregnant and <laughs> realized that he was a narcissistic abuser. So I was living in his home with my then- 12-year-old daughter, and I was stuck in a narcissistic, abusive relationship. And um, the universe loves to really throw bricks at us when we are not listening and following what we're supposed to do. So mm-hmm. in that year, that was 2008, I was um, uh, in a car accident while I was pregnant with my son and couldn't get you know, physically treated. So I sat with my physical injuries while I was in my emotional injuries of this relationship. And it would take me another year um, of being with him. My son was born and he was six months old when my daughter, who was then 13, finally said, enough is enough. I'm going to go live with dad. And that was like the thing that woke me up. I left. I moved out. I went into my home that you know, my parents were once living in, they were now out of it, but here's what happens when you don't have conscious awareness. Mm -hmm. I became that woman scorned. I was going to ruin anyone and anybody that had a happy life because I was so miserable in my life. And I literally, Amber, I'm embarrassed to admit this. I literally spent the next two and a half years doing everything I could to make his life miserable. Everything that I could to make. I got in such a vengeful state. I'd no longer recognize myself. And um, 
you know, there comes a time in your life, everyone, I believe that we have, I believe we have spiritual awakenings in two ways. It's either a big catastrophic event that brings you to your knees and you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. it happened differently. Or you go searching for a higher purpose and it can happen in that search. And that's what happened with me. I went Mm -hmm. searching for a higher purpose. I'm like, who am I? It was my daughter again who said, who are you? Like she was like 15 or 16 by this time. <laughs> Sounds like a 15 year old. Like who she was like, who are you? And what, like, what are you doing? Like, get your life together, mom. She was like, like, this is embarrassing. You sit around all day long, just trying to seek revenge. On I was like, I do. Okay. And it was just then that I was like, Okay, I'm going to get my life together. So I just started searching. I didn't know where, what. I didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Like, I had been a nurse, you know, during this time, but I took some years off when I got in that car accident. I was in a, you know, a worker's comp case and all that stuff. So I just, I was doing, I felt no, like, I had no purpose in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no purpose. Like, the only thing that brought me happiness was my kids. Not, and even at that time, they weren't bringing me that much happiness because my daughter was going through her terrible teens and my son was like in his terrible 230s. So I was miserable. And yeah. I would see happy people on Facebook and Instagram and I would be like, oh, that's fake. It's phony. Nobody could ever be that happy. And I talked about that, about love. People would be like, it's Valentine's Day. I'm like, oh, it's such a baloney holiday. Like, blah, love, blah. Like, I was just miserable. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we get, I mean, I, I have a similar story. I I struggled with anxiety and depression and yeast issues and PMS and all of the things, my hormones and everything were just attacking me. Basically. Um, my body was attacking me, but my body was throwing up smoke signals like it, or, you know, and like you said, the universe likes to throw bricks at your head when you're not paying attention. And it's like, my body was like, Hey, (laughs) like, There is so much going on within your soul and your mind and like, you're not taking care of it. And it, I finally hit a point where it was like that. It was like, I was miserable and like judgmental and like looking at other people like that's bull. Like, there's no way that you're like happily married. Like my husband and I, our first year of marriage, it was, it was really rough. He spent a lot of that time hiding in his office and like, I didn't know what I was going to wake up to be every day. Like, I didn't know what I was going to, I might be angry. I might be sad. I might be like, I, you know, just, it was ridiculous. And so I get that, that like when something finally hits you and you're like, Oh, like I fell so far down this like hole. I have to do something like something has to give. Yeah. There's no way that I'm meant to be this miserable. And yes. Yes. And like, when your teenager who's miserable AF is yeah. saying that you're miserable, you're like, I mean, yeah, like teenage, yeah. What are teenagers good for? Right, <laughs> holding and that so, mirror up for you. <laughs> yes, and it was just like, it was like this, bam, like a smack in the face. Like, get your life together, do something. And so, I didn't know what to do. I just, all I knew was when I was younger, I had like Bible school teacher. So I, I looked to the Bible. That's what mm-hmm. I did. I just was like, let me look for religion. And I started going to church and all that, but it just wasn't 
resonating with my soul. And so, you know, just my seeking and in my search, a friend of mine gave me a book about karma. And I read this book from front to back in a matter of two days. And after reading it, I sat, I'll never forget the day I sat on my back porch and I just had this divine download. It was Mm -hmm. like my conscious awareness expanded in that moment. And I had this divine download of life will never be the same for you. It's going to be grand. It's going to be great. It will never be the same, but now you have the responsibility of knowing and seeking so much more. Right. And, and I want to, um, I just hear that in that, like you said, you had a divine download and there may be listeners who haven't had that like moment. I can't say that I've ever had that like exact moment of like, oh my gosh, nothing is going to be the same, but I have had times where I've gotten to choose that for myself. And in that choosing, I'm creating my own reality. And so it's almost like you were handed, it's almost like you were handed like a little, um, you were handed a gift of knowing that nothing was ever going to be the same. Yeah. And I that's can, like, yeah, that, yeah. creating before this happened, I swear to you, I was one of those people that was like, why does life keep dealing me this hand of cards? Mm-hmm. Why does this keep happening to me? Could anything else in my life suck? Like it was that universe is like, yup. <laughs> Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> you yeah, keep asking for it. Here it is. <laughs> right. You keep asking and I keep delivering. Your wish is my command. Right. And I didn't understand all that. I just kept, you know, why has God forsaken me? Everybody else or everything else that I could blame, that's the space I was in. And when mm-hmm. I say that divine download, it is, a, it is a knowing. It's just a, it's like a gift of knowing that... Mm-hmm. It's that holy shift moment, right? Yeah. Things can be different. I get to create my life. Holy shift. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, I get it now. Um, But sometimes I feel like we have to, it sounds like you were like kind of just given this moment of knowing where like some people have to choose that knowing. Yeah. Like, like you may be listening to this and you're like, I've never had a holy shift moment and I need to now go out and find a holy shift moment. You don't have to. You can just choose to, to choose differently. <laughs> like, and that's kind of like where my story was like, I was like, I have to choose something different. Cause obviously the choice, what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over and over again. And like, Oh, why hasn't anything changed? <laughs> well, you keep doing the same, you asking the same questions, saying the same things. Um, one of my okay. Baron Baptiste says, it, one of his quotes is that um, we have 10,000 thoughts a day. I believe I might be butchering the numbers. 60, what? 60,000. 60,000 60, thoughts a day and only 10% of them are ever new. Yeah. It's like, and you wonder the 90% is what's running your life. It is. It's all that sub and the subconscious programming, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. running. And so like, too. if you, yeah, and like that's it. But, but, you know, going, going back to that, that initial catalyst, my brother, 
being murdered. Yeah. That was like my trauma response kicked in. And so many of us, we really operate our day to day in that, not being conscious of the choices we're making. Just like you said, you made a choice to do things differently. We operate from our subconscious. Mm -hmm. We mirror the people that were in our lives or we operate on the beliefs that were implanted in us when we were younger. And we just keep waking up and existing, waking up and existing, waking up and existing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I found my life in just complete mediocrity. Yeah. Nothing seemed great about it. Like I did, I looked forward to like my one vacation to the beach every year. You know, that was like my looking forward to things. Yeah. And that's so sad because I, I don't know. I see that so often in just, in just the world. People are just like, I can't wait to get to Friday night. I can't wait to, for my one vacation. Like I can't wait for Christmas break. And it's like, so like you're waiting, so you're spending five days a week miserable for the weekend and then like 50 <laughs> weeks out of the year miserable because it's not like your holiday yet. And it's so true. And that makes me like, I'm, I'm like welling up with tears thinking about how my life wasn't bad. It was just so mediocre. Yeah, exactly. Like it wasn't like, I mean, things could have gotten worse for me. Like knock on wood, thank God they didn't, but I was living that like, Oh gosh, is it Friday again yet? Like I'm so sick of my life. Like yeah. I'm just, I just, I just need a weekend off. I just like, I need a weekend off for my life. I need a break from my life. Yes. And that's what, you know, we, we live, I was living for a vacation or for whatever. And like when you're craving a break from your life, I mean, mm there's yeah. gotta be a better way. Like there's gotta be a way to live your life and love the life that you're living. Right. And th so that's that when I had that divine download, it was okay, let's create something. Well, <laughs> life had something else in store for me. So <laughs> I started like trying to, I, st I call it diving into a sea of self-development. I just started reading mm -hmm. all of these books about <laughs> self-development. Like, what do you do when you don't know where to go? You go to Barnes and Noble self-development section. Yes. They have a huge section. And that's what I did. I spent about, I spent like the next two years diving in and doing all that. But then 2014 would throw more curveballs um, my way. I ended up, um, so my daughter, who was then about 18 years old, she was held up at gunpoint on the front lawn of my home. And you're still in Baltimore? Yeah, so stone yeah. at the time. Um, and we didn't live in a bad neighborhood. We lived in a very like um, a historic kind of area. Mm -hmm. You know, the streets we lived on were very cute, old brick houses. Um, so my daughter was held up at gunpoint on mm -hmm. our front lawn of our house. Um, about around the time of there in Baltimore, during that time, there were the Freddie Gray riots that, came, mm -hmm. that happened. And my daughter was driving her car and she was, pulled from her car and beat in the street by a man and woman, husband and wife at only 18 years old. And then about six, eight months after that, she crashed her car and got chemical burns all up her face from the implosion of the airbag and ended up in, a sh in shock trauma. Mm. So now I had not only still not done all the, the, the work that I'm, you know, I just 
dive, started diving in. Now I get anxiety and depression and panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And I was just riddled with panic attacks and anxiety. And, but I wouldn't stop. I was still going. I was working back as a nurse at this time. And then I mm -hmm. fell down the stairs and broke my foot. <laughs> like, oh man. Was like, and then the bank was like, we're taking your house. I, I lost my house to foreclosure during the whole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, then they came and took my car. <laughs> and then I filed bankruptcy. So it was in the course of 18 months, so many major life events happened that had me on my knees. And I wouldn't, I, didn't, I was in denial about my house. I wouldn't leave my house. So I just I was, got goosebumps all over my entire body. Like it was, it was like, like, I feel like the only thing that the universe is saying to me right now is just like, you everything happened to you exactly for a reason and it moved you to exactly where you needed to be right and that, that's 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 exactly. the only way that you were going to leave like like the, only the universe way. knew that you would not leave unless like it all was it. dire circumstances all of it all of it and i like now like just today i put up in my gratitude in my group like every single thing every single one of them as hard as they were they all formed me into the woman that I am today because I spent a year squatting in my own house. I didn't even want to leave my house. Like, but think of the fear and the panic of every day if the bank is coming, like, or the sheriff is coming to put me out. Like, I lived wow, in that yeah. 15 years. Finally, all the anxiety, now, I, I just couldn't function anymore. Like, I just couldn't function. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. I'm just starting anew. Yeah. And here is the craziness of it all. I was so embarrassed of my stories and my failures. So embarrassed my car had been taken. Not once, not twice, three times, okay? Repossessed three times. Got, bought it back twice, the third time finally gone. I was so embarrassed that here I had this degree, I had this bachelor's degree, I'm a nurse, and that I couldn't get my finances right, that the bank had taken my house, that I was squatting in my own house. But at the same time, I was going through like this spiritual, like awakening and transition. Yeah. And so literally I would, I was using meditation and gratitude and every day I would meditate my back porch. And like at one point the lights got shut off and my daughter, like the, the energy, like the energy company shut everything off because I owned, owed like $1,200. And my daughter came to me on the back porch and I'm meditating. She's like, mom, no, of course she's like 16 or 17 at that time. And she's like, do you realize that the... BGE has shut off. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yep. She's like, mom, <laughs> what are you going to do about it? I'm like, the universe will provide. <laughs> She's like, listen, this is the funny. She called my family. She was like, something's wrong with my mother. <laughs> they had an intervention on me because they thought that I was so depressed. But you had just cracked. <laughs> I had cracked. I'm done. He's gone. She's yeah. over there. She blew the one flew over the coop. She blew the coop. Yeah. But during that time of my like spiritual awakening, I did this. I performed this um, meditation for grief. I finally started in my grief. Mm -hmm. I was in my grief. 
And in that, I performed this meditation and was asking my brother for forgiveness because on the day that he died, he had called me and asked if he could come to my Halloween party. And I said, no. Mm. Because of his addiction, because of he had been in a fight earlier that day. And I just said, no. Mm -hmm. And so I carried that guilt. And that's why all the trauma responses around my brother's death, I carried that guilt from the day, that day he was murdered. Like if I would have just said yes, he would have been at my house and not been home. Mm -hmm. And died. Mm-hmm. And that guilt I carried with me was so heavy and so hard. And now I see, looking back, that every choice I made was based on the fact that I was unhealed. Yeah. Everything that I pulled into my life was because I was unhealed. The unhealed part of me recognized the unhealed part of the narcissistic abuser. The mm-hmm. unhealed part of me recognized... You know, the people I had in my life. That's why I had everything I had in my life. I didn't want to own my stories. I certainly didn't want to heal from my stories. I certainly didn't want to process my story. And it was on that, when I finally started this like processing of the grief, I was doing a meditation and asking for forgiveness. And I heard in my head, go to mom and dad's house and meditate there in my room. And I'm like, Okay. So I pick up my kid who's three and I take him to my mother's house. My mother's like, what are you doing? I was like, I think Greg just told me to come here and meditate. (laughs) My dead brother. She's like, now she, they all really think I'm crazy. (laughs) They all really think I'm crazy. (laughs) No, like when we hear, Hear oh, yeah. things or feel things or know things. And sometimes, you know, this happens delving into, you know, spiritual practices. And so I meditated in his room that day and cried so hard. I cried so hard that, and I was in such a meditative trance that there was like snot and tears coming down my face and I couldn't even pick up my hands to wipe my face. But I felt mm-hmm. and great just felt an embrace and was like, stop, you're doing this to yourself. Like, there's nothing to forgive. There's nothing to forgive. Yeah. Like peace that came over me from that encounter. Um, it's just priceless. It's priceless. And so to this day, like meditation and gratitude are my, my go-tos to clean up my life. Anytime I need to clean up my energy or, Yeah, absolutely. Well, and like, I hear so many things in your story of just like, like you were saying, like everything you were operating entirely out of guilt and shame and everything that you were doing, like that's how you were operating. And so that's what kept coming up. So you had more guilt and more shame and more guilt and more shame. And the way that we do one thing is the way we do everything. And it's the same. It's whatever energy we're building our lives in. That's the energy our lives are going to be. If it's guilt and shame, it's guilt and shame. If it's fun and sexy excitement, like that's what it's going to be. Like, it's like you get to choose like the energy that you are like living out of day to day by day. That's the energy that your life is going to be. And so for women who may be hearing this that are like either like a, I have no idea what my energy is. (laughs) Like, I don't know what I'm building my life out of or who are like, Ooh, (laughs) like maybe this is me. Mm -hmm. 
besides you, you already said meditation and, and gratitude, what, what can we do to just have that holy shift moment, whether it be a choice, whether it be like an encounter, um, what can we do to like own our stories and start that process of getting really intentional and healing? Yeah. So when I say gratitude healed my life, it changed my life and Mm -hmm. gratitude in the way that, um, and I teach this to my women all the time because gratitude is not just, I'm so thankful for gratitude is an embodiment. Gratitude is an emotional state. It is an energetic state. And when you are in a space of gratitude, you emit a frequency that Mm -hmm. pulls so much more into your life to be grateful for. Now, I know people will say, how do I get there when my life's shitty? Or I don't know, I cause. (laughs) No, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have asked this exact question. I'm like, what is there to be grateful for? Like my life is falling apart. My marriage is falling apart. My health is falling apart. I don't have a job. Like what am I, what am I going to be grateful for? Right. So how do we get there when we, when we're in the midst of of it all falling apart around us? And what I learned was I had to remember how I felt when I first got that thing. So even my house that I was losing, how I felt the day I bought Mm -hmm. that and how grateful I was that day I signed the papers to get into that house. And so I got into that energy, you know, it's a vibe when your joy, joy is a vibe. So I got into that joy of the, the feeling that I felt the day I bought the house. And I just started giving gratitude to the house and for the house for all the years that had sheltered us and protected us and for all the memories. Um, the car. I did the same thing with the car when I lost the car. I just got into that state of gratitude for how I felt the day I signed those papers and how proud I was the day I bought it mm-hmm. and, and did that. So it's, it's a, when you're in it, we forget. Just like when you reach a goal, you, we, we forget to celebrate because we're just looking at the next goal ahead. You know, like what's next? What's yeah, next? I did that. Like, yeah, I did it. But like, I, what's, what can I do right. next? Yeah, absolutely. Truly embodying the feeling. I just did this recently. I I left my job, but while I was in my job, (laughs) I know that's a cause for celebrating. Yes. Um, When I was in my job, I I had a great job. I truly did. And I was, Mm -hmm. I would find things I was so grateful for, but the truth was it wasn't my soul's purpose wasn't in alignment with what I was meant to do. So each and every day, I would have to remember the day that I got the call saying, it's your job. And I literally had a list, a gratitude list next to my desk of all the things to remember what I was grateful for about that job. Because in order to call in something new, you have to be grateful for what is currently in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I would get into gratitude for that job. And then I called in my business and I called in opening up my, you know, my coaching practice and being able to leave my job. Yeah. No. So, so I love that you said going back to when you were 
grateful. Like you don't have to look at something right now and feel uh, the emotional connection to gratitude. You can go back to when you did feel that gratitude and you get to choose because your body is listening to your thoughts. Like if I go and I sit and I mull over how shitty I feel about my car being taken and yada, yada, that's, those are the feelings I'm going to have. But if I take my memory back to, because it's all in your brain, your the memories are all there. Go back to the memory that was really good and really fun and meditate on that feeling. And the, and the reason that it works is because your mind doesn't know whether it's you know, a difference. Present. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't know. <laughs> like oh. we get to pull, we get to pull the strings there. The thing is, is it's like, if you can go back in time and find even one thing to be grateful for, and I guarantee that you can, if you can find one thing to be grateful for, I mean, even just like your heart is beating right now. So like, if you can find one thing to be grateful for, you can change your entire life. And that's how I changed my life. That's how I shifted my life. Like I was like still in guilt and shame about my stories. And I still thought, how am I going to coach other women? Cause I don't want to tell them that I lost my house to foreclosure. I don't want to tell them I was a shitty manager of my money. I want to develop a new wealth consciousness. And I always thought there was a part of me that's like, if I dwell in that story, then I can't manifest the good and the new. And that's not true. The truth is owning your story and owning all that has happened to you. And I know sometimes there are trauma stories that people just like, I don't want to own that story. You own it, you heal it, and then you can operate from it because when we own it, heal it, and operate from it, we're able to show up authentic, authentically in the world. And when you show up wholly, completely, I mean, my women are all like, I connect to you so much because I love that you just tell it like it is. Like you're, you, yeah. and it is, it is, and go on. The thread that sews us all together. Vulnerability is the thread that sews us all together as humans because we've all been in, it might not be the same circumstance, but we've all felt those emotions. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I can so relate to this just even recently in the last few months, I went through my 200 hour teacher training and there was a lot of mind and soul stuff that went into that. It wasn't just asana practice. It was meditation and inquiry and doing the work of looking deeper. And there was a lot of authenticity that needed to come out of that of like, I'm in a group of people. And if I'm going to be honest, like I got to like be honest about everything and not just the stuff I want to share and the fluffy things. And, um, I recently shared about, um, disordered eating that I had struggled with, uh, in early adulthood. And I have had so many women just be like, yep. Like, raise their hands and say, me too. I'm, I'm seeing in you something that I've struggled with. And when we're able to all stand up in that and just know that no matter how, like, like you said, like, it might not be exactly that I've had a car taken away or that I've, my brother was killed. Like it may not be those exact things, but when we share them, like you said, like we felt those emotions. Yeah. Like most women have looked in the mirror and been like, yeah. Yeah. We've done that. And it's like, what can we do to move through it? And if I share my story of how I moved through it and I can help one other person, it's like that, like you said, that it's that thread and yeah. that authenticity. There's nothing in your story to be ashamed about. Right. And now that I'm healed from it, I know that. I'm like, right. Yeah. People lose their houses all the time. What? Do you, I mean, I was like this, sit, squat. 
I'm not leaving this house. The sheriff's going to have to come and, oh, but if he does come, oh my God, then all my neighbors are going to see, then all my, you know, that was, yeah. And it's the shame house. It's the shame of, and then even after I, because I was like, I'm starting anew. So mm-hmm. I picked up and I moved a thousand miles away with just me and my son. My daughter even, she stayed behind in Baltimore. She was like at the 11th hour, I got back together with my ex. But I was like, I'm gone. I am out of here. I, I cannot stay. My belief was the belief I had was that I cannot heal myself while I'm here in this energy. It's too much. It's too much. I'm too guilty. I'm too ashamed. Too ashamed. I didn't want to see my neighbors, my old neighbors. I didn't want to run into them anywhere. There was just too much shame around everything that happened to me. And so I picked up and moved a thousand miles away with just my child. And then that presented a whole new set of circumstances. Like, <laughs> hello, single mother, no help. What the heck are you doing? You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, but it helped to shape me, helped to form me. It gave me my space for healing. I was, a, I was able to process my story, know my story, own my story, and be able to show up completely authentically and help other women. And here's the beauty of this whole circle of life. I opened up a women's group on September the 1st. It's called the Fierce Feminine Sisterhood. And there are right now 1,400 women in that group. It's insane. Half of them are from Baltimore. Oh, that's crazy. I'm healing the energy of Baltimore when I couldn't even heal myself while I was there, but I'm now shifting the collective consciousness of Baltimore. I love it. I love it. That's amazing. I love that you said that. It just, sometimes it takes radical action to get out. I mean, my husband and I lost our jobs in Santa Barbara uh, where we were living right after we got married. And just, I, I felt like that the move from, I was in Monterey and the move from Monterey to Santa Barbara would be enough space for me to have space to start new and like be fresh in this new space. And that all the anxiety and the depression and all of that stuff would stay there. And it was like, (laughs) didn't stay there, but in the like, huge jump of having to like start over and looking at a new space and being like, what do I want to make out of this? Yeah. And I had started that healing process just enough to where I had that consciousness of like, if I'm going to change everything about everything, what do I want that to look like? And I yeah. got enough distance. Like I used, I moved across country to like, and in that space, sometimes it takes radical action. And sometimes it's not even, sometimes the universe is going to like make it happen. <laughs> like, you could have stayed in Baltimore. I mean, you could have left your house and got resettled, but like you were backed into a corner of choosing to stay in what you were or to be something new. And typically that choice of being something new is going to be the radical, insane, doesn't make any freaking sense, jump a thousand miles choice. So if you're like faced with that choice today and you're listening to this, like you're like looking down the barrel of these choices, take the scary one and just go for it. I just so encourage you to just take the scary leap because it, it can create space for something insane, something new to like open up. Every single time, every single time I take the scary choice, you lead, the universe follows. You go first, the universe will deliver. Yeah. Every single time 
everything good to lead me to the next phase in my life shows up when I do the scary thing. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you said that. The way we lead, the way we lead ourselves is A, the way we can lead other people. The way we treat and lead ourselves is the way everything else is going to treat us. Yeah. Other people, the universe, everything's like, oh, she put her big girl panties on. Let's go. <laughs> right. And that's what I said when after, you know, I, I, I also took the leap and I've been talking about being a coach for seven years when I first had my awakening. So mm -hmm. for seven years, I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to this coaching thing. This coach. And I just kept talking. Every one of my friends, you know, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? <laughs> yeah. So finally, and you know, you and I have the same coach. Well, I got in Melanie's group and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm declaring it here. I'm declaring it. And once I declared it, everything started showing up to make it happen. Yeah. You know, and it's only been three months since I opened That's it insane. I Congratulations. Know. That's so insane. And I wish, so I started my coaching practice and I was not clear on what I wanted. Uh -huh. And so I just started doing stuff. And the universe was confused. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, eh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. That's so it's like, once I got yeah. really stinking clear on what I wanted, I, what I wanted my life to feel like, dun, 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 here it is. Like it just, it happens that way. And so probably for the best that you didn't start your coaching practice seven years ago, but <laughs> you're like, right. Goodness. But you had that time to create that clarity of like what you're going to do and how you're going to help women and how to lead yourself so that you could lead them and hold space for them. And you're doing amazing, amazing things. I'm and so that, excited for you. Thank you so much. And the funny thing is when you say that, like, I'm like, because when, you know, when other people are pushing you to do something, I knew I wasn't leading myself. Mm. I knew I wasn't at a place where I was ready to lead others. But my friends are just like, you said, you said, go, go, go. And I was, you know, when you follow your, you follow your compass, you know, when it's time, you know, to yeah. really, and yeah. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. You know, hire a coach. Here's the thing. And I, I didn't get this several years ago, but once you hire a coach and you've already started making conscious choices and owning your story and all that, and you hire a coach, Things happen, happen in exponential speed. They, Absolutely. Don't they? Like Absolutely. I mean, it just is crazy. It's crazy because I hear in the world of just this holistic coaching, I hear all the time people are really nervous about paying for a coach. And I get it because I did the same thing. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, that's a lot of money. And what if they can't? And what if, if you decide to get a coach, you have to be ready to do the work and to look in the mirror for real and assess spending time with a coach is like looking in the mirror and they're like, Hey, look at this. Are you sure you want this to look like this? Cause this is what I'm seeing. And if you're not ready to actually answer the question, like, no, I don't want it to be like that. And I need to change. You're not ready to work with like, it's like you have to be willing to do the work because they don't do the work for you. Right. So you, like you said, like you were finally in a space to be like, okay, I'm ready to do this like unsexy, gnarly unpacking work. And that's when the coach allowed you to just like elevate and to like jump. And so you've got to be, yeah, like it's, it's not as easy as like, oh, I'm going to hire a coach and everything's going to work out. 
because the coach isn't going to do the work. And that's, and you know, as a coach, you have to release the expectations of the results. Mm-hmm. Well, so do they. It's like, we all, we all need to release the expectations, just drop them at the door. Right. But it, coaches go around like, Oh, I just want my client to shift. I want, I want, if I could just, you know, Oh, the, absolutely. You know, we have to release the expectations of their results of our clients results, you know, because that's, you know, but it comes, I'm telling you, if you're thinking about hiring a coach, if you've considered hiring a, co- hiring a coach, it is, it's a no brainer. I mean, Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the way I see it is someone who is holding space for you to elevate. Like I'm here, like you can't see my hands cause it's a podcast, but like, I'm like down here and someone's up here and they're like holding space. They're like, come on, come on, you can get here. And they hold that space for you to make it just easier for you to step into that like next level of yourself. Um, I hired my business coach, Shannon, two months ago, less than two months ago. We started together the beginning of October. I have manifested my dream car. I have made more money in November than I made in August and September together. Um, October was also insane. Um, and like, not even just in clientele, but just in like random money is flying at me. Like, I'm like, I don't know where this money's coming from. <laughs> like stuff is like, I'm just getting like paid, like stuff is just showing up in my life that I'm like, oh my gosh. Wow. Because I took, I mean, it's cause I went, I was like, if I'm going to do this, it's all or nothing. I am a hundred percent in because something has to change. Yeah. Cause I got to a certain point in my business and I was stuck and I was stuck and I was stuck and it was like, I I'm like, I'm in over my head and it's something has to change. And it's been insane to have someone holding so much space for me to just elevate to it's been, I mean, I'm like, I'll pay her. I'll just keep paying. Like, I'm like let's just keep going. Like if that has happened in a month and a half, yeah, I just, wow. it's like, what can happen in six months? What can happen in a year when you go all in? And you, oh, like you said, what did you say? Own your, own your shit. (laughs) Own your shit and then operate from your shit. Yeah. Yeah, Just like own it all and go a hundred percent in. Do you, for the amazing women who are listening to this, do you have any other just tips or tricks or encouragement for them? So I would say, um, my biggest things were if you're not a meditator, you can listen to binaural beats at night or guided meditations mm-hmm. or something like that. My, my biggest shifts in life have been meditating, um, uh, gratitude. Absolute. I practice what's called, I practice regular, regular gratitude, but gratitude every single morning, as soon as my feet hit the floor. And I say that in every Facebook live I do, when you wake up in the morning, say five things you're grateful for as soon as your feet hit the floor in the morning. That, that's the thing I do. But then when I get in the shower, I do my manifesting gratitude. So mm. I, I do the things I'm grateful for as soon as my feet hit the floor. I get my coffee. I have a routine in the morning. And then when I take my shower, whatever I'm calling in, I'm like, I'm so grateful and thankful for this beautiful car. I'm so grateful. And, thank-. and you get yeah. in face and smell it, feel it, you know, visualize it, be in it. Um, And then here's what I will give for anyone. This is one of the things that shifted me most when I was in anxiety and fear. This is one of my my nuggets that I give to my clients. 
when you are in a space of fear, a space of anxiety, and um, you're having a meltdown and you can't get out of it, a lot of the self, uh, a lot of the inner talk is the inner critic and the self-worth talk, you know, Mm -hmm. self-doubt. And so we start saying really negative things to ourselves. And um, there's a transformational speaker named Kyle Cease. I have to give him credit. This is his thing, but I use it all the time. Kyle Cease says, when you own and love the things you're saying, even as bad as they are, you take away their power. So whenever I've had really bad days and I'm like, I'm worthless. I can't believe I effed up like that. I can't believe Mm -hmm. you did that. As soon as you say a sentence, I'm worthless. And I love that. And I love that. I'm worthless. And I love that. I can't believe that I effed up like that. And I love that. I can't believe, you know, I'm so embarrassed right now. And I love that. I was in full blown tears, crying my ass off about a situation over money just back last February. Mm -hmm. And I video recorded myself doing this process and you can see the peace come mm, over. Interesting. It takes away the, the emotional charge when you add love to the negative. Oh, I love that. It like neutralizes it. it I, I've heard um, to say thank you. Like when you start with that negative self-talk, it's like, thank you. Like, yeah. thank you. I'm choosing I'm choosing something because when you can catch it, it's when you can catch it, you can transform it. You can neutralize it. You can like move past it, but you have to be able to catch it. And when you catch it and you can like, I love that Throw love on the fire. I I love love that. And that I'm telling you, it has moved me. It once you're neutralized and that's the thing with emotions, once you are neutralized and it doesn't have that electrical charge to it, you can then, do your gratitude and move into the positive space, but you can't go straight from crying into gratitude. It it doesn't happen. You have to break the pattern. So in order to break the pattern using, and I love that really helps to break the pattern. That's awesome. That is a fantastic tip. I love the idea of just like taking, yeah, it's like take the negative and neutralize it so that we can move into that positive space. Um, where can we find you on the internet? So I'm on the, I'm on the book of faces. Yes. <laughs> so Facebook under Victoria Welsh. Um, my business page is the fierce feminine coach. And I do have a sacred, uh, group for women. It's a, called a sacred, uh, space, uh, sisterhood. It's called the fierce feminine sisterhood. So if you go to my page or my business page, you can find, um, the link to get into the group. And I do free coaching in there. One, two, three. I have Transformation Tuesdays where I have women come in and do their transformation stories um, to help other women hear how to get out of, you know, what they might be going through. I have Soulful Sundays where I have healers and coaches come in. And then I have free coaching Fridays. So I'm in there three times a week and then I'm on my personal page and I go Facebook Live every single day. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. Is there anything super exciting coming up or any like freebies or like, like any offers or anything that they can come and like, just get into more of your energy. I'll put all everything in the show notes so that. Okay. Well, um, let's see. I do have a course coming up, but it's this weekend. I don't know if it'll be out by then. Probably not. (laughs) But I also do new moon ritual ceremonies um, and full moon. moon. 
ceremony. So you can always find them on my page. Um, I do, I do women's circles and I, for, it's a small fee to get in and we go in through a zoom room and I do a cleansing ceremony. So I do them twice a month. So you can always find me. Love it. That is awesome. Um, December, this does come out by then December. I have a high vibe manifestation course coming up. That's going to be awesome. Awesome. Yes. This will be dropping at the beginning of December. So for sure. We'll be out for that. And I'm so thankful. I'm grateful that you were, we were able to connect and get you on. Um, I think that's it. Is there anything else you want to add? No, this was perfect. Thank you so much. I adore this you. Is awesome. Oh, this has been awesome. Well, thank you, Victoria. Everyone from the Soul Journey podcast, go find Victoria. All of her information is going to be in the show notes. So easy clicking. Bye guys.